0: You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson.
1: Today's episode of the Live Different Podcast is sponsored by Under 30 Experiences, our travel company, for young people, we take groups of 21 to 35-year-olds on awesome adventures all across the world. Um, we have trips to Brazil, Machu Picchu, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Belize. Um, we go deep into the rainforest. We go up to Iceland, to the glaciers and the volcanoes, Ireland, um, Bali, all, all sorts of different places across the world with awesome groups of young people. If you're sick and tired of sitting at home, sitting in front of your desk, waiting for your coworkers to stop going to the boring happy hour after work and drinking their lives away, and you're tired of all of your friends doing boring things at home, could probably going to the same bar and doing the same old shit, Come on Under 30 Experiences. This is a great commercial. Really like this one. There, It's a candid community. um, And we go and have a really good time. And uh, there's no egos, divas, or complainers allowed. So check out under30experiences.com and come travel with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Live Different podcast. Today we have Jamie Tardy. And Jamie is... The host of the Eventual Millionaire podcast at eventualmillionaire.com, and today we just wanted to talk about what the habits are of millionaires—a very important topic here, or at least a, a very interesting, uh, a very interesting one for anybody who is listening out there. What's uh, what's going on, Jamie?
0: Hey, Matt. Not much. How are you?
1: Good, good. It's been a little while since we last spoke, since I was on your podcast last summer, I think. Wow,
0: has it really been that long? Man, time flies.
1: Yeah, you guys are, you guys are cranking out episodes over there, huh? Heck yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Definitely.
0: You Heck- will be too, now. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I know. I'm, I'm, try- I'm trying. It's, um, how, how much of your time is, is spent on the podcast? I'm curious because you, know, you have, to, you have a, a business to run also.
0: Yeah, that's actually one of the reasons why I do podcasts, because it doesn't take as long as uh, writing, even with ghostwriters and stuff like that. So I do four interviews in one day. We just bang them all out. And so it probably is between six and seven hours of just recording by the time I prep for each one. Um, but yeah, one day a month.
1: Oh, wow, my that's content. really cool. So you have four, um, you do four a month?
0: Yep. So I do uh, once a week we call it Millionaire Monday. My people, you know, decided that would be the great name because we put them out on Monday. So they're Millionaire Mondays. So every single week we have a new interview.
1: Oh, excellent. And so then uh, your people know when to, when to tune in, when to listen, when to be, when to be ready for it. That's important, huh?
0: Definitely, it does. That consistency does make a difference. I remember one day I I didn't have a chance or something like that to, to send it out a while back, and I got a bunch of emails going, "Where was it?" And I sent it out Tuesday morning. They're like, "That doesn't count." It's Millionaire Monday. I'm like, "Yeah, sorry." I have my assistant do
1: all that now. Right, <laughs> just, right.
0: Sometimes I miss it. People got upset. So having that consistency is hugely important.
1: That is uh, that is awesome. How does um, I, I'm curious to know, and I guess this is relevant to habits of millionaires or anybody who is highly effective. How how does your workflow work um, with with your assistant? I'm curious to know. Oh, we have all sorts of systems.
0: So I have an online business manager and an assistant. Um, and so especially for the interviews, we're booked out months in advance, actually. A lot of people are like, where do you find the, the millionaires? How do you, you know, book them? Um, we're booked for, for at least the next three months or so, um, which is great <laughs> and amazing. So what we do is we actually, anybody does like an introduction for us, Um I'll send it over to, to her. She books them, you know, sends them to a schedule once calendar and they have to, there's only one day a month. So they have to, you know, go months in advance if the first three months are, are booked. Sometimes they get a little annoyed by that. Um, but then she just sends them all the information, um, that we need to, she puts it in my calendar. I don't even have any Idea that all this is really happening. All I do is the intro, <laughs> and that's I'm like, thanks. Here's let me send it off to her, um, and then uh, she has everything in my calendar. So normal on millionaire uh, interview days, I look at my calendar. They're usually Wednesdays. I have my whole week very very scheduled. It's so it's usually the first Wednesday of the month. I like. And, it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I run a master schedule and, and kind of go crazy on it, um, but. I do that, and so I don't even know who I'm interviewing the day of. Usually I look at my thing. um, It's all in my Google Calendar where their bio, their information, their Skype ID, all that fun stuff. And so we try and systematize as much as humanly possible um, for everything, not just, of course, millionaire interviews. But then we have a spreadsheet because I have to do intros and outros for each one and uh, we have a huge spreadsheet with the metadata and all that fun stuff too so all 200 millionaire interviews are on this huge spreadsheet um, with everything so thankfully we're quite organized with it all
1: (laughs) damn yeah no i mean that makes it obviously really systematized but it makes things it, it frees you up to be able to work on the the more uh revenue producing things in in your business is that is that right
0: Definitely. So when you think about these interviews that I have, so all I do is the intro and then I actually do the interview and I upload it to Dropbox. Those are really the only things I do. Um, then it goes to editing. We have an editor. Who, um, they cut it all together. She writes, up uh, my online business or manager writes up all the content around that. We have the transcript created. There's just so many pieces and parts to it. That's kind of insane. But I don't deal with any of it, really. They just go live on Monday automatically now, thankfully. And I do um, look at the email that goes out to my list and, and write that, help write that up. But that's, that's pretty much it. So thankfully, I mean, and I used to do it all, which drove me a little bit insane. Uh, but my value is not in sending it to the editor and all that fun stuff. I need to be doing the stuff that I am good at, which are interviews, right? And so trying to take everything else off my plate is huge.
1: No, I, I completely agree. I definitely, um, yeah, I definitely like how your workflow is that organized. I'm trying to figure it out as I go right now. And um, obviously, we have a very systematized method for that we've run Under 30 CO for the last several years with and all of our content for under 30 experiences. But it's, uh, it takes a lot of work. And lately, as of the podcast launch, I've like, I said man did I sign myself up for another full-time job and I knew that I did <laughs> Yes. and I'm supposed to be in Peru all of next month and then Ireland the next month after that and so I'm trying to record everything uh, on the- <laughs> record everything schedule everything and you know it gets a little overwhelming sometimes <laughs> such as entrepreneurship sometimes huh I- yes I hear you I hear you on that have you so you have obviously had so many solid conversations with with people who have been in these situations before and um, it, it sounds like you have really worked hard to uh, create systems for yourself but is there anybody who uh, who you look up to, who systemizes their business. I got had the chance to speak uh, on the phone one time with Michael Gerber, the guy that wrote the E-Myth. Oh, yeah. And he is incredible for anybody who doesn't know about the E-Myth or the E-Myth revisited his books. He talks about how can you be an artisan or someone who likes cupcakes or someone like myself who loves to travel or how can you be a podcaster and go from just person who likes to do interviews or just someone who likes to bring people on trips to a uh, very well systematized business. And he uses McDonald's, of course, for an example, because you can take any dummy off the street and have them flip burgers. Um, But you can also, I really believe that you can teach the human element to that and scale that if you're surrounded by good people and you're doing the right type of work. Now, I don't know that McDonald's is the right type of work that the world needs to (laughs) attract uh, happier, happy, healthy people to your work environment. But that's another story. But it is a great, uh, it's a great example of how you can how you can scale. Is there anybody who, who you've talked to that has made an impact on that side of your business?
0: Well, it's the funny thing is my mentor, when I very first started getting into business coaching like seven or eight years ago, it's crazy. It's been a a while now. He recommended EMF by Michael Gerber. He always recommended it to his clients and he had a lot of systems in his business. And so I could see when I sort of started working with him, I could see what worked and what didn't work and all that fun stuff, which was great. Cause then I sort of went into other businesses and you can, I mean, it's, hilarious how you can see the difference between a company that's really paid attention to systems and a company that has not, (laughs) right? And just even in the stress of the owner, I mean, answering the same questions over and over was enough to drive anybody nuts, (laughs) all right? Um, But being able to see the difference between the two. So some of the millionaires I've interviewed, a lot of the serial entrepreneurs that I've interviewed have been really, really great. Um, it's kind of insane because they've learned like how important, because systems, no offense, aren't all that sexy. People aren't like, woo, I get to go make systems today. You know, it's not like one of those things where um, people are super excited. People are like, I'm going to make money, <laughs> right? Exactly. Usually people are paying attention to that stuff. But the thing is, is that if you don't have the systems in place to deliver in the best possible way, then then it's not going to be <laughs> like, it's, you're going to drop stuff. You're going to lose cash. You're going to end up having more for expenses than you probably even need to, whether it be from your own time that's leaking out of a bucket or not. Um, And so actually I interviewed, uh, what was his name? He was super cool. He uh, ran a martial arts company and um it's kind of you're like okay well that's cool how much systems are there really going to be in teaching martial arts um, but it was really insane to be able to see how much he did he had iPads so when when you'd go into register he'd make everybody deal deal with everything on iPads so that way um, all the data was already in the systems. He even had checklists for like who cleaned the toilets and who did this. And they weren't allowed to go to the next step unless they did something first. Um, oh, that's his name. His name was Corbett Miller. Um, and so he had created a whole program on systematizing. And so it was really interesting. Any business can be systematized. I mean, it's kind of insane. Um, and so again, it's not that sexy woohoo, but when I say, Hey, I don't have to touch. I do an interview. Put it in Dropbox, and I'll have to touch it. That's where people start to be like, "Oh, wait, what are you doing? What is that? How do I get into that?"
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and it goes back to kind of the Michael Gerber or uh mentality, where you want to be working on your business instead of working in your business. And this is what we're working on with Under Thirty Experiences: is how do we get our Awesome staff to be able to run flawless trips. Liz and uh, Liz and Courtney are out in Bali right now, and I'm not there. And that is, a, a f- of course, for an entrepreneur, it's a little bit scary. But uh, we just ran our set of trips to Iceland with uh, Caesar and Courtney out there, and. They did great, you know, but as an entrepreneur, it's scary to kind of let go of your baby and start to work on strategy and systems rather than the, all right, how can we show, you know, I have to show up at the airport at X o'clock and take people to the national park. You know, that's what, and and also, this is is what the whole e-myth is about, right, is how do you, uh, that's what people, generally, that's what people love to do it when they start a business because I love to travel and um, I love to go to the national park and the volcanoes and glaciers in Iceland. And yeah, you know what? I really wish I was in Bali right now. It doesn't sound so bad. And, uh, <laughs> but how, you know, you have to make that transition at some point if it's the type of business, if that's where you want your business to go. And for us, uh, we see the bigger picture. That's how the travel has made, such great impact on the people who have traveled with us, and you know and also we're starting to really focus on the social impact that we can make on our trips in the local areas, but that takes that takes someone working on the business and how it functions and how it runs rather than me being in these locations all the time, working in, you know in the core competencies of of the business working inside of it. So yeah, I totally hear you on that.
0: Well, and that's what's so funny is that there's this mindset shift, right? Because there's only so much that one person can do. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we're all like, oh, we can do anything, but there's really only so much that one person can do with the time that they have. So the vision that you have for the company is just so big. And the funny thing is, is that mindset shift has to happen in an entrepreneur. Like for me, I'm pretty good at systems, but I hire someone who is really, really awesome at systems, <laughs> who pays attention to the details. I'm more a strategic thinker, visionary, and so I need someone that can really pull up the reins and pull everything that I might be dropping, right? Because I see the vision and I just keep going towards that. And having that mindset shift of going they might be able to do it better than me (laughs) and not only do it better than you, but, but handle it and, and do an amazing, amazing job so that you can do the stuff that you really, really want to do. Entrepreneurship and most entrepreneurs in general, unfortunately, are like, but I can do it all by myself. And having that first employee, right? If you make a bad hire, (laughs) then you're like, oh my gosh, this is dumb, but you know, worst thing in the world. If you make an incredible hire, then you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? Shoot. You know what I mean? This was so important. And you went through that, right? And so, and you're still going through that. Like all entrepreneurs do as you start building up and building up, you're like, man, I can grow so much better when I have a rock solid team that can really do this stuff. And that's a huge mindset shift for a lot of people, especially coming from being a solopreneur to a being responsible for people, and be letting stuff go, <laughs> all right? That's one of the hardest things that entrepreneurs can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and going, you know what? They're doing an amazing job. And yeah, I'll get to Bali later when after I've done some of this stuff. And I'll enjoy it even more because I've had even more of an impact on socially on more people, which is insane.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of entrepreneurs are worried about, or first of all, I want to say the letting stuff go part. Yes, entrepreneur or not, <laughs> people need to let stuff go. Um, that is for sure. But that's a whole other whole nother topic. But uh, as far as entrepreneurs go and um, building your business, everybody talks about kind of the freedom, entrepreneur, lifestyle, and a lot of that is very fluffy and very hard to attain, Mm. Uh, but it really sounds like you've at least freed up time to work on what you want to work on. It's kind of like the fallacy of the four-hour work week. You think Tim Mm -hmm. Ferriss only works four hours a week? No, but that's not the point. The point is, how can you get really good at your systems so that you can free yourselves? Up, to work on the things that are very important, uh, d- yeah, are very important to you. would would you agree with that? Definitely. One thing that
0: I, I learned from my millionaire mentors and stuff like that, because I not only do I I interview them, of course, but I have a, a board of mentors with four of the guys that I've interviewed that I, I chat with um often. We do a quarterly meetings and all that fun stuff. And and I mean some of them are just good friends of mine. I mean, you know what I mean? I feel like we're friends and, and it's really cool to be able to just have so many amazing people doing so many amazing things in their business. And um being able to and I do this with my clients being able to be the strategic thinker and look down at your company and do an org chart. And they actually talk about this in the EMF too. So when you're one person and you can go, okay, what are my pieces and parts um, that I'm doing right now? And how do I either delegate them or whatever? And where is the bottleneck? Because even now, I mean, I'm hiring a new um, executive assistant coming on. I have a personal assistant too, by the way, that does all my cooking and cleaning and laundry. She's trying to make not not a lot of noise over there. Uh, (laughs) um, So again, I try and I, I hate cooking and cleaning and all that fun stuff. So being able to have that was huge. So what I did is I started just taking all the stuff that I'm doing and figuring out, okay, where's the bottlenecks and what's the stuff that I don't like to do? So don't get me wrong. Like I'm really great at sales right? That's one of my key things that I'm doing right now, but we're talking about hiring a salesperson um, that can take me off the phone because that takes up a lot of time. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. Um, And we don't necessarily have to do sales in person, but I really like that aspect of my business. Um, And so we're going, okay, well, who can we get? And I just chatted with a girl last night who's taking a bunch of sales tests. So that way we can see if she's a good fit for that. So it's really about like taking all these pieces that you're doing and that you don't like doing and putting them, in spots. Now, I know at the beginning when you're not making a ton of cash, it's like, oh, great, I can't do anything with any of these pieces because I can't give them away. But as you focus on revenue and as you keep moving forward, then you can start giving these pieces away. When I hired this personal assistant, my life changed. I, I mean, I, I moved, I just told you, I moved uh, to a different place in Austin. I didn't do any of the backing. So not only did I not do, we hired a moving company too, but I wasn't even here to supervise it. So she did everything. I went and played with my kids with, with a friend at a jumpy house thing wow. <laughs> right? all day. And I was like, this is the best feeling in the entire world. I've never had that. And it wasn't that expensive either. Um considering that I didn't even have to think about it. She had everything packed up beforehand. She was there for the movers. I mean, I brought my dog to the doggy hotel. So that way she wasn't in the way. Right. (laughs) And I didn't do anything. And she goes, don't come home until all the movers are done because I don't want, you know, you to, or the kids to be under their feet or anything like that. I'm like, totally cool. I'll just sit here and hang out longer. Having some coffee,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, um, uh, so uh, that d- stuff matters. Okay, mm-hmm. can you tell us uh, tell us more about your business? Because I'm sure everybody is wondering. All right, I want this woman's life. How do I, <laughs> uh, yeah? How do I get on this train? Can Can you tell us more about your what your core business is?
0: Yeah, so I've been a business coach for about eight years. I started by finding a mentor back in Maine and being an offline business coach for two or three years working with like landscaping companies and plumbing companies and sort of, you know, blue collar kind of stuff up in Maine. And then I went online five years ago. And so that's when I started eventual millionaire. I had no intention of interviewing millionaires, to tell you the truth. I just hated writing <laughs> blog posts and was like, what can I do that's not writing blog posts? Because um, I also sort of have the story where I had a six-figure job when I was 22, hated every second of it, was stuck in corporate Um also was in seventy thousand dollars in debt so it wasn't like me living I, I bought way too much stuff. I bought a house that was a little probably more than I should have bought, that sort of thing. And so I got to this stopping point where I was like, okay, is it life or money? Because ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a millionaire because my my parents don't have a lot of money or anything like that. And I just, I don't know, that was a a goal of mine. Like, I can do anything. So my goal was to be a millionaire, and I went the corporate route thinking that that was the way to do it. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm all up for promotions, and I I kept getting advanced, and that was great. So I made great money at a really young age, and I actually traveled. Um, So I used to, I was a project manager for a video-on-demand company. So I'd travel every week. Of course, they told me I was going to travel like Brazil and really cool places. I was traveling like Moline, Illinois in the middle of nowhere, which was definitely not as cool. But having an expense account was really cool, especially being so young. Um, But hating every Sunday night because on Monday I had, you know, to fly out and go somewhere boring Mm -hmm. Um, just wasn't where I wanted to be. So when I quit that, I ended up doing um, project management work for other people. And then I ended up finding this um, mentor of mine. And so um, being able to sort of do something I love was huge, number one. But I was a solopreneur for a really long time. And I, I don't think people understand this enough. And this is what I like to highlight in my interviews is like, it takes a lot of freaking hard work, <laughs> a lot of work in general, even though it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, sometimes it's a little crazy. Um, but I love what I do. And so being able to, to go through and I mean, I made squat for while I was working with him. Um, he wanted me to take over his business. I wanted to go online. We parted ways. He's still a really good friend and mentor of mine. Um, now, but being able to go, okay, I'm going to go online. We're going to see how this goes. I mean, I didn't make any good money until, you know, two years in at least, uh, before I actually started seeing some good, Uh, cash flow and figuring out the online marketing piece and all that fun stuff so as you start moving through and growing it just it makes sense as long as you're focused on the revenue and growing your company then you can really start going okay where can I put my resources that will save me a lot of time? Because my whole goal when I was working with my mentor is to create a – he kept saying a hot shit company, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's what I want. And that's what I really feel. And we're small still. Like we only have three people on our team. But um, but I still feel like – because I'm also um, very frugal in general. <laughs> so we're, we're thinking about hiring the the salesperson now, which we make it for. But being able to go, great, let's take the pieces and parts that make a huge difference, that just takes – time and knowing your value. I mean, I charge a thousand dollars an hour for coaching nowadays. So my time is extremely important. So doing the cooking and the cleaning and stuff just doesn't make sense for me. A, I hate it. B, I'm not good at it. C, who's got time for that?
1: <laughs> right? uh, yeah. I have two kids. <laughs> well, when you're making a thousand dollars an hour, I think, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't want to do cooking and cleaning. You know what I mean? It, no, it just doesn't make sense. The numbers do not add up um, in that case. And obviously, your 40 or 80 or however many hours of work that you that it, uh, per week that you work aren't all charged. You know, aren't all. Oh yeah, they're that. not but, all
0: thousand dollars an hour, uh, correct? <laughs> of
1: course, of course. Um, yeah, don't don't we all wish? But um, yeah, no, I I totally see what you're saying there. For any but for you know why do people here's a question for you why do people always think they hear business coach or they hear life coach and they kind of say oh what what is that they're like it's not even a real job a real yeah. job and then you just dropped your price tag and now <laughs> now I'm totally wondering what is it's kind of like the office space what exactly you- is it that you do
0: Definitely, and it's so funny because I thought life coaching was the cheesiest thing in the world. Like when I sort of, I, I wasn't really a life coach in general, but it was uh, no offense to anybody who's a life. I have friends that are life coaches yeah, now, but way back when I was like, oh my gosh, it's the silliest thing in the world. Um, but so I even had a hard time calling myself a coach for a while. Um, I just want to help people make more money, which is always, <laughs> which is always fun. So that's how I can I can charge as much as I do. My whole goal is to make people more money, more time, and more money. Those are the two things that people really seem to care about, right? Um, and so being able to have that. So like one of our uh, group coaching uh, people. Justin as, as an example, sort of a little testimonial so you can understand what I what I sort of do. Is um, his name is Joey Kornman and he has a site called schoolofmotion.com. He was making about five hundred bucks a month when he came into our group coaching program. It's called Millionaire Hustlers. And he goes and we, we teach a lot of foundational business stuff, so don't get me wrong. I don't think that a lot of entrepreneurs understand, like, the systems piece or, you know what I mean, some some key things that really make a difference. A lot of entrepreneurs are a little ADD. <laughs> They've done a lot of things, especially, you know, in the first, uh, you know, year, two years, three years, even four years. It sort of uh, can be a little bit crazy. So Joey, on one hand, we're looking at what he has. He had an email list of probably two or 3,000 people, I think, at the time. Um, and he's, and everyone's like, well, he's a unicorn, but we've had a bunch of stories that are really cool like this. So at the end of hustlers, he made 10 grand in two days, right? Because he was not focused on, he was like doing random affiliate stuff. And we're like, wait a minute. You have a, a list of people that love you and adore you. Why are you not selling them something of your own? And he's like. I don't know. I mean, I haven't thought of what they wanted, so we took him through a process of figuring out what um, what he should give them, right, by, by actually talking to them on the phone. I'm huge with actually talking to people on the phone. I'm not only online. Uh, I think that you really need to have a two-pronged approach <laughs> to business. Well, I mean, I, I think I it's probably because, really. like, I came from the offline world. Like that's what everybody taught me to begin with. And then now I know the online world and I like to blend them both. So what Joey ended up doing is figuring out a great product. He made 10 grand. We were all excited for him the month after that. Well, actually let me say this. He came on my mastermind group with um, uh, Pat Flynn, you know, Pat too. Um, uh, Because I was launching a a product of the mastermind kit. And I wanted to let people have a peek into my mastermind group. Right. And Joey goes, Oh, I'm so excited. I want to, I want to create a new product. And All of us on the on the mastermind group were like, "Do not do that. You need to sell the crap out of the product you just created that everybody loved." And he was like, "Oh, okay, right?" Because he was going to go create a whole bunch of new products. Sure. Um, The next month after that, he made fifty grand. The month after that, he made fifty grand. And so far since the beginning of this year, because he came into the program in. September of last year. And uh, so, so far this year, because it's um, June right now, we're just passing, it's been five months, and he made over $200,000. And he's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) right? It's so insane when you can really focus. I mean, and that's the thing you were asking me about before, like habits of millionaires. Having focus is ridiculously huge. It's so funny. Every entrepreneur wants to do 17,000 things at once. And when you don't have a team that can help you do 17,000 things at once, you just start getting all over the place. And you don't do everything to the um, capacity that you should be doing them, if that makes sense. Right? So being able to go pushing through. So that's what I do with my one-on-one clients or my group coaching clients. I'm like, no, no, no. You should double that. Like make your goal way the hell bigger. And then do the stuff that actually matters and get rid of all the crap that doesn't matter, <laughs> right? I know it sounds really simple, but uh, but I made people so... Like one of my clients uh, was a landscaping company and they went from 300,000 to 1.2 million in two and a half years, right? And so it's just, it's really... And don't get me wrong, they, they ended up buying uh, a smaller competitor of theirs and we did a whole bunch of stuff with them and the systems, they had 30 people working for them. Um, so it's just going into a business, seeing where the opportunities are. Because a lot of the times... <laughs> oh there's a fire it's so funny there's a fire drill test right
1: now oh geez i
0: got a little thing about it that's not hopefully we can cut that out
1: no that's uh <laughs> no way we might that's even keep sad. it for authentic although people's ears are yeah, probably
0: poor people are probably oh,
1: burning but
0: uh... um anyway that was fun <laughs> that's not fair you don't know what the heck's gonna happen now.
1: <laughs> no no i and it I don't even remember exactly where where you were going, but uh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, what I was saying is just I think it's really, really um, interesting that we sometimes as the business owner can't see the forest for the trees, right? So we are strategic thinkers. We are visionaries. We hold up what we want. And there's probably a thousand things that we want to do. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. It's kind of crazy. We sort of have a type, right? Um, It's along with the millionaires that I interview. (laughs) Half of them are like, I have ADD, right? And they have to learn how to really focus on the stuff that they really want and think strategically enough so that way they can um, have the pieces in place to be able to get what they want, right? Because we can envision this amazing, utterly awesome thing, and then you start to break it down, and you're like, oh, but I want to do this, and I want to create this program, and I want to do this, and we want to do it all this year, <laughs> right? Um, sure. When in reality, small tweaks make the biggest difference, and having that focus really makes it
1: yeah and, and just um and just sometimes starting with a blank slate or i almost every morning um or at least several times a week i start with a blank piece of paper and i say okay it's it's kind of like making a to do list but then i start to get very I have to be very particular and I write down what I what needs to get done or really I start with my goals and I say, okay, here's the goal, here are the steps to be able to get to this goal and then you can look at it and, and you need to prioritize, you need to be able to delegate some of those things and um, you need to look at what is the, co- when you are prioritizing and also batching tasks, putting that, you know, like you said, you batch all your tasks. So, on Wednesdays you do your recordings and it's and on Mondays they all go out and you have a very systematized process but sometimes just starting from from scratch or just putting all the things that have been stuck in your head that you need to know all down onto a piece of paper and then saying all right how can i dissect this laundry list that you know would probably my laundry list would take me a month it really would and then there would be so many other things on that list because I've wasted so much time doing those things. It, it's a never ending cycle. And for anybody who doesn't think that, uh, entrepreneurs can be stuck in a rat race, it does the, the struggle is real. Uh, you know, the quality of life might be, might be different. Um, but a lot of times people are, do you, David, do you see people who are on your, uh, podcasts who are millionaires, but you think, oh my God, these people do not live high quality lives. They might have a lot of money, but they are struggling. Do you ever get that?
0: Yeah, I've, I've actually. That's sort of one of my. That was one of my goals, by the way, when I was trying to figure out like who who are these people and what do they do. I used to put them on a pedestal a um, lot because to me, I wanted to create lifestyle first, then money. That's the whole point of eventual millionaire, by the way, like the the d- definition of an eventual millionaire is someone who wants to make a million, but eventually they want to do it on their own terms with a business they love and a life they love too, right? Because to me, I went after the money first. That didn't work out so well. So I wanted to see if we could even do it. Can you have the life you love while you're building what you want? So at the very beginning, for the first, I don't know how many years, four years of the maybe five years, I was only working 20 hours a week because I had small kids. And so I would have a millionaire on the show and be like, so do you think I could do this in 20 hours a week? I'd ask that question to them. And some of the guys would be like, no, no, I don't think so. (laughs) All right. Sure. One of the guys is like, I work 90 hours a week. And a lot of them, I mean, I surveyed them. And I asked them at the beginning how many hours a week did they work, and they said all of them. Like that wasn't even an option. <laughs> all of, everybody wrote in all of them, right? And so um, so there were some people that, don't get me wrong, one guy was $30 million, and he's like, yeah, and I still work my ass off. And I'm like, really? But don't get me wrong, he loves it, but it's, it, I don't know, it doesn't sound <laughs> that enjoyable to me. I feel like he's stressed out a lot and stuff like that. But most of them, I have to say, most of them are are people that really pay attention to their personal development and really do try and pay attention to what really ignites them and makes them excited. Like when you were talking about um, priorities and figuring that stuff out, that's something that came up over and over and over again. Like how do you actually get all this stuff done? Millionaires have 24 hours in a day just like everybody else. And one of the things that I actually created because of all this um, is I, I talk about active actions versus passive actions. Right? So each uh, business owner has a choice. You know, I could check my email right now, or I could go do this, or I could do something that really furthers the business. And active actions are the ones that really push you towards your goal. And of course, you need to know exactly what your goal is, number one, before you know what an active action is. But an active action also pushes you outside your comfort zone a little bit. So it's, you know, starting a brand new podcast and doing your first interview. Like when I interviewed a millionaire at first, I was bright red, right? Um, or maybe it's a sales call or maybe it's a new initiative or, or it's working something on your business that's going to really further you to that. And then we have a thousand passive actions that you could be doing. Oh, shoot, we still need to update this little thing and then we need to do this. And there's so many things that are passive actions, and you can do this with your employees too, on, okay, what are your KPIs, what are your key performance indicators, and what are those goals that we have set out, are these active actions that you're working on or passive actions. And it's crazy to start thinking of that in terms of the way that you work. Because when I started interviewing millionaires, um, the things that they would say is they they said the best thing they could do is know what they're working on the day before or that morning. So that way they actually get the stuff done that matters, right? Just like you were Mm -hmm. saying, you have to prioritize it. Otherwise, I'm going to check my email. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no worries. It's We're just gonna drama. roll with it. I know. There's a fire going on at Jamie know, at Jamie right? Tardy's house.
0: Thankfully, I know it's just a drill. Otherwise, I'd be like, "So I gotta go." Um, but it's it's one of those things where um, they're doing the stuff that matters. And if the only thing I could say is, is do the stuff that really matters. And of course that takes time to try and figure out, right? Like you said, you write, you have a blank, I'm a paper girl too, right? I love having a piece of paper, um, a blank piece of paper, write the stuff down. Actually, it's funny. That's what I have on my sheet. These are the things that I need to do today. Um, Whatever whatever it is that we have, like I use Asana for mine. I've interviewed uh, David Allen from Getting Things Done and stuff like that. Um, we actually have a whole product called Millionaire Productivity Hacks that talk about like how millionaires run their day and the master schedule piece is actually part of it. So you asked me about like my schedule. I'm doing what they told me to do, right? Like, uh, they they suggested really paying attention to your time and what you do during specific hours, both in, in work and in play, right? We all need to have play also. Um, so being able to have that scheduled out is hugely important, right? And being able to do some of those things I got from, from millionaires that I've interviewed. So like we created the millionaire productivity hacks and I'm like, shoot, I'm glad I'm doing half the stuff that they or more than half the stuff that they're doing because it's one of those things where you have to, if you want to be a millionaire, you have to do the stuff millionaires are willing to do. Like you said, that's why I love diving into the habits and stuff like that because knowing what they do and you actually incorporating that into your life and paying attention to that is what's going to get you to where you want to go.
1: Okay, you said millionaire productivity hacks. Uh, I'm I'm listening. I know that these are probably some of this is probably stuff that you've talked about on your blog, and some of this um, is stuff that you probably do in your private coaching program. But what can you give us as far as what, what these habits are of millionaires who are highly highly productive? So knowing what you're going after is
0: huge. And I know this sounds so cliche, right? Like knowing know your goals, everybody's got their goals and they don't actually look at them <laughs> ever, really. right? It's so silly the way that we do that. Even if we have it sort of up on a board, we sort of ignore it. Um, so creating what you're doing around your goals is hugely important. So the way that we break up millionaire productivity hacks is we talk about like what are some low-hanging fruit that you can actually fix right now? And so um, distractions versus opportunities are a really key piece. So you only have so much time, and entrepreneurs have lots and lots of opportunities flying their way. And distractions will take you off of that path, right? It could be something as simple as Facebook. Oh, shoot, now I'm in Facebook news
1: feed. (laughs) Sure
0: it is so we use like newsfeed eradicator which is a chrome plugin but they have other ones for other things so i can't look at my newsfeed no way all. yeah so i have i have groups like my group coaching program millionaire hustlers is like a group so i have to go into facebook but i know kept noticing myself doing this and one of the millionaires suggested i download this i'm like this is the best tool in the world right oh that's really um, funny and they may, we make people in Hustlers do this. I'm like, you have to do this, even if it's only for three months, right? No news feed. Um, and now Facebook just came out with a groups program on your phone, so you can actually delete the Facebook app off your phone too and just have the groups, so that way you can access those. Oh, um, cool. So the reason why I care about distractions, though, is because it takes us a long time to get back into work. So if you're trying, if you're like, oh, shoot, i got to make a Facebook status update for my business, and you get distracted... By the time you're like, shoot, what was I going to do after this, <laughs> right? So yeah. those small increments of time make a huge difference. It takes nine minutes or so, I heard, to get back on track to the level of capacity that you were at before. Okay, no, you
1: I, I completely agree. And if you're talking about how to get into the zone or how to get into the flow state, that's – yeah, that, that is, that's a really big deal when you get distracted from that. And I have um, – my I usually don't take my phone off of airplane mode for the first hour or two that I'm working, like since I woke up it's just I'm just not available and um and that's fine, and people who know me know that, and people who need to get a hold of me know how else to get a hold of me, and I definitely don't open my inbox uh, before a certain time in the morning, and I get my, the core things that I need to do done, which is usually the content scheduling, which is usually is the creative part. That's, that's the most important part of, of my workflow. And, yes, you want to be completely undistracted uh, from that. And then I say, okay, how can – all right, now I probably scheduled a piece of content or I made sure something went out or I proofread something or saw how it looks uh, on one of our sites or how it looks up um, in iTunes with the podcast – and then I go and I schedule all our social media. And so I batch all of that, th- those tasks. And that's, that is when I open up the communication lines. I turn the phone off of airplane mode. You know, I can open up my Gmail. And I don't do this all at once because then it becomes a flood. But I go sy- systematically from one to the next. Usually I peek in my Gmail just to make sure that there's no, uh, no emergencies. And I do look at my text messages because that's the... A number, that's like the first line of if you need to get a hold of Matt, get a hold of him via text messages, or uh, iMessage rather, because I can be anywhere in the world and and get that, Um, but then yes, I'll glance at my Gmail, make sure there's no fires to put out, but when you start putting out fires before you do your creative stuff, um, then it becomes, yeah, then they become bigger distractions, like you said, and the thing about putting out fires all the time is you become you know, you become a fireman, you are a a fire lady, you know, you, then that becomes a core competency of your job. And I don't want firemen in my job description. Uh, Yes, some things have Mm -hmm. to, some things I have to deal with, but I don't want to deal with those things until afternoon, I would say, or I batch all of my calls in the afternoons like this, because I've gotten all that stuff done. But yeah, I try to open up Facebook one time, sometime mid-morning usually, and I try to do all my stuff, and I schedule tweets, and I update my LinkedIn or whatever if we have a good piece of content that is coming out that I want people to see, and I I listen. I see what the communities are saying. I do scroll through the news feed because I want to see what my friends are doing and what people who have traveled with us have done and get into all that, check in on our various Facebook groups, and then that stuff goes away. And, yeah, I might, I might check Facebook or, or Instagram um, a little bit later in the day. But that's that sometimes is to take a, a mental break from what I was doing in the afternoon. So, yeah, I'll check in or, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look in and see what's going on. Uh, and then I'll go for a walk and I'll close it and I'll put my headphones in and put on a podcast and walk around the block or go cruise on my longboard or whatever else. But yes, having very systematized, being very systematized throughout your day without distractions is super important.
0: Well, I guess that's the point too. It's not like I'm never on the news feed of Facebook ever, but it's the whole point is to have you control your time, not have your time control you right? So when you're going through and trying to figure something out, you're the one that's making the choice instead of getting distracted or getting pulled. And that's not, (laughs) that's not acceptable use of your time, right? So it's really trying to be able to have you be, the, the chief operator of your time and knowing exactly what needs to happen when it needs to happen. Don't get me wrong. We all mess up. We're all humans, not a big deal, but what we do care about is the bulk of your time. You're really paying attention to what you're actually doing because the, the actions that you're taking now, the choices that you're making right now is what creates your future. So if you're not creating the time for the stuff that is the most important, and I really feel like the, the mindset level up happens after we do stuff, we're like, Oh wow, look at me. I did that. That was awesome. Right. So some stuff just won't happen. Just reading books and hoping that you're going to be you have a millionaire mindset. Right. I like to go, Okay, well, let's just go do a whole bunch of stuff and see what works and what doesn't work and deal with the ramifications or not and grow as we move forward. And then that's what really shows you, you know, what you're made out of kind of stuff. So being able to go, okay, I'm in control of my time. I pay attention to this for the bulk of it, um, that's what matters. So what you're doing is exactly what a lot of other people, uh, millionaires that I interviewed do, which is really going and going, okay, my energy matters. How much time and space I have, imagine if... (laughs)
1: We're going with it, Jamie.
0: distractions. Keep keep on Keep on trucking. I know. Let's see how good I am with distractions. Sorry, it's going to take me nine minutes to get back. No. Uh, But being, like, um, Hal Elrod wrote a book called The Miracle Morning. I I don't know if you've read that. I've interviewed him, too. He's an awesome guy. Um, And I don't think all the millionaires I've interviewed do um, specific, you know, morning routine kind of stuff. But they do really pay attention to what they're doing with their time. So I did a survey um, of, like, you know, what time do you wake up in the morning and what do you eat? And do you have a certain thing? You know what I mean? And, and it was a little bit all over the place. But the the one thing that sort of shined through is that they know themselves really well.
1: No, no worries, oh, Jamie. Keep, keep going with the books because I like, I like where you're going with this. And if we can drop a couple books that we'll link up on the show notes on Under 30 CEO, that would be great because you've mentioned um, – you mentioned Miracle morning, which I listened to a, a podcast with that guy he's in, he 's intense but he has a crazy yep. he has a crazy story he is a yeah, yeah he seems like a cool guy and um michael ellsberg i don 't know if you know michael he wrote a book of about habits of of millionaires i'll i 'll get the uh, the name exactly of the book. And you mentioned Millionaire Mindset, and I, I think that's a book also.
0: It is a book, too. Well, what I'll do is I'll send you a link to the 10 books that are most recommended by the millionaires I've interviewed. So that Excellent. way... Um, they're all business uh type or personal development type. And they're the ones that come up over and over and over again. So it's not like, oh, one person mentioned it one time. Um these come up a lot, which is why I want to be like, okay, what are they actually reading? What were the most pivotal books in their lives? Um and that's where the ten books came from.
1: Um, yeah, I start I started listening to your podcast on those on those ten good. books. Yes. That was that was actually uh, part of my prep work for for uh, our conversation.
0: Yeah, and most, most of the millionaires read, right? And so it's one of those things where um, consistent learning.
1: Sorry, guys.
0: I'm trying to go on mute to try and make it less. So <laughs> they're, they're getting longer. Oh, no. Um, so, so really paying attention to that growth piece. Um, I kept visualizing myself a long time ago. Uh, where I was and who I'd be now. Because when you start thinking about, um, you know, oh my gosh, it's a millionaire or whatever, or even just someone having a really amazing business, being where you want to be, um, you have to become... A different person in order to do that and reading the books and doing the stuff like that stuff really matters so every day counts and the choices that you're making every single day matters so whether it's like having a specific diet doesn't matter but knowing yourself and how your energy works in the best way that you work like when I work with people on setting goals someone was asking me the other day uh in our group program they're like well should I set a really really big hairy audacious goal Because that's what this book told me to do, or should I not? Because I don't know. What if I don't achieve them? I feel crappy, and it depends on who you are. Some clients I work with are much better at achieving really small goals and feeling really great about it than setting a really, really huge one and being like, "Oh crap, I'm not even going to come close." Why do I even try? Right? It depends on who you are as a person, and that's the stuff we got to start figuring out. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No. The the and that makes more sense. how a coach can help motivate you, that makes a lot more sense. For me, as soon as you said, should I hire – or should I set a big, hairy, audacious goal? And I said – in my mind I was saying, "Uh, yeah, obviously, but that's what motivates me, big, big goals. But we had Adam Griffin on from BodyFit a few episodes back, and he and I talked about – he brought up the expression – how do you eat an elephant? And it's one step at a time. And so you have micro goals. What's my goal for the day? What's my goal for the uh, week? What's my goal for this hour? What's my goal for this phone conversation with you and being extremely intentional with every piece of action that you do with every minute? If you you could be intentional with every minute of your life, then you are really, yeah, then you're really going to get somewhere. Um, And in the direction that you want to in more directed at a certain outcome yeah you might you might be trying to go from point a to point b and you don't know what's in between but yes one one step at a time one foot after the other but uh but yet do it do it with a purpose
0: Well, that's what's funny. I did a Periscope video the other day. I started doing a lot more Periscopes and I was going for a walk with my kids and my daughter's six and she was like exhausted even though we hadn't really been walking all that long. But, you know, she's like, I'm so tired. I was like, you just have to make it to the next bench. Okay. That's all we care about. We'll sit down, we'll rest and then we'll go to the next bench and we'll sit down and we'll rest. I'm not carrying you. You got to do this yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, And so I did a Periscope video about like just the next bench because with entrepreneurs that are huge with goals, right? I mean, there is so much I want to do and probably so much that you want to do and our numbers are huge. And, and I agree. I love stretch goals and and big, huge goals, but that's me. Um, And I still create monthly goals and I still create weekly goals. And that's what we do with our hustlers. We make them choose their active actions and then we check back in and say, how many of them did you do this week? And we talk about small wins Right. Because entrepreneurs are so focused on the big, huge, like what's next, what's next. They forget about sort of the small things that they're doing and then they can feel crappy. <laughs> right? Like I'm not making any progress when in reality you kind of are, you just aren't seeing it because it doesn't feel like this huge thing comparatively to how huge you think and how big your goals are and so having those small things i mean one of the millionaires i had on the show calls them mini and micro goals and we just do 30 day goals and we do weekly goals and that's why we have our we make people pick five active actions for the week and how many of those we check in with them at the end of the week and go how many of them did you actually do you know sometimes it's a horrible week and they do one out of five
1: good timing on that one (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I like what what you said about micro goals uh, because you need to celebrate along the way. And I have a I have a problem with this. I'm such a forward thinker. My mind is always thinking about the future. Uh, I don't get hung up on the past very often, but I'm always thinking about the future. And in my you know in my quest to stay present, uh, one of the things I think is is celebrating or or. I forget to reflect a lot and I'm just full steam ahead all of the time. And, uh, that's how you get burned out and that's how you burn out people on your team. And, um, yeah, you need to, you need to be really careful, but if you have micro goals, then you can cross them off your list and, and you should celebrate them because if you just celebrate at the very end, a, it might never happen. You might just never get there. Um, but B, then you're playing the end game and you're not enjoying the journey of what it takes to go along your path of, of business or in life in general.
0: Yeah, we're all on a journey. Might as well enjoy it, right, as we're going, as we're going through. It's all we got.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, hey, Jamie, so I know, uh, I know that we could talk forever, but I want to leave people um, with what One thing that people can do really in general in their life is because I know that we talked a lot about business and we keep throwing this word millionaire around and we know that because that's your your brand and, and who you focus on. But from everything that you've learned from interviewing, I think, over 150 millionaires now, what is something that can dramatically improve the quality of people's lives in general whether they have any interest in becoming a millionaire or not.
0: I think the biggest piece is really, like I was saying a little bit before, is knowing yourself. So I have a tendency to take you know, assessments, Myers-Briggs, Colby assessment, uh, culture index, whatever I can do to learn more about myself. I read books and I ask, well, what do I think about that? Would I even want to do that? Right, what do I even like to do? I didn't even realize that I hated cleaning for a really long time because I love having a clean house. Sure. I don't like the cleaning part, but I never asked myself that question because like that's just what you do. You have to clean. Cause I came from a very poor family. Like having a personal assistant sounds ridiculous to me before. Um, but realizing, hey, I really don't like doing this is huge. So asking yourself like, what do you really want?
1: Yeah, what, what do you really want? That's...
0: I actually did a, a great um, exercise and I highly recommend it. It's a perfect day exercise. Actually, I think Jack Canfield talks about it. But in your perfect day, if you could pick anything at all, what would you do? And really giving yourself the chance to go through and go, okay, what would I want to do today? Um, and realizing when I did that, I was like, wow, a lot of pieces and parts lined up. The pieces and parts that didn't line up, I was like, oh, I need to sort of work on
1: that. <laughs> right? oh, that's so That's so weird, cleaning your house didn't fall into that perfect day.
0: Heck no, not in a second, right? And so being able to have those things, it helped build the clarity because that's what we're looking for on our journey, right? Clarity of what you want and what you don't want so we can go after the stuff that you do want. And knowing what that is is really important. So asking yourself the questions and really paying attention to what you do want has been a life changer for me.
1: I love it. And getting extremely, extremely specific on this perfect day exercise. is very important as well because if you wake up, and you want to have crystal clear, sparkling floors, that is very important to a lot of people. But actually getting down on your hands and knees and scrubbing them, not so important to a lot of people. So this is how you can then come up with the solutions like, oh, maybe I do need an assistant uh, to be, or a cleaning person or something like that. So mm. I love We are it. great Jamie.
0: problem solvers in general. Entrepreneurs in general are great problem solvers. If you know what you want, we'll be like, okay, so now how do I figure out to get it? And nine times out of 10, you can. <laughs>
1: Excellent. Excellent. Jamie, where else can people hear about you?
0: If you go to eventualmillionaire.com, you can get we have access to actually it's over 200 millionaire interviews that are all free live on the site. You can actually download the three habits of all successful millionaires right there on the homepage too.
1: Sounds like a plan, Jamie. Well, let's keep in touch. Let's not make it uh, so long next time. <laughs> and
2: I think that's our bell. <laughs> X, Y, and Z, um, if those are being met by our actions, then, then it's a lot easier to stick with.
1: Yeah, and, and knowing yourself and asking yourself, what are my values? And maybe writing those down or maybe saying, okay, I have a decision to make. What What's coming up in my subconscious? Or, or what makes me feel weird about eating meat? Or why do I hate going to the gym? Or just... To, you know if you're trying to align your your life and your lifestyle with your big hairy audacious goal and what's going to fuel you to get there which is your health and your nutrition um, then you're going to be able to say okay next time I go in to get a whopper or two well that's going to be you know is that in alignment with what I want to, with what I'm trying to do here. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe having that reward of eating fast food is something that, that is very important to you. And that's fine with me. Um, Uh, As long as you actually take a conscious look at what you're doing, because once it's out of your, you know, once it's, what's, once it's in your consciousness, right? Once you understand um, that this is or is not in alignment with who I am then you're just not going to do it anymore you're not going to if you're not a whopper person then you're not going to be able to even force one down it, it doesn't matter if that's not part of your core values
2: absolutely it moves from the subconscious mind to the to the aware of the conscious mind um, and you're forced to reckon with that um, yeah absolutely I've, I've, uh, you know one of my um, kind of internal manifestos has always been uh, become to become a really, really good thinker. Uh, and because I know if I become a really good thinker, that's going to translate into becoming a good writer and a good speaker and a good just liver of life, right? Um, and so... Part of being a really good thinker is constantly asking yourself questions um, and constantly trying to peel back another layer because the more layers we can peel back, then you can get to that true, you know, that you hear the fluffy term, your, your true self, right? Um, but that it's, it's not a fluffy term uh, when you break it down. That true self is asking enough questions to get to the core of um, what is driving you. Uh, And what what makes you who you are?
1: For for sure, and um, and and I appreciate that coming from you because you're someone who has gone through many different iterations of what that means. And when I met you, you had decided for that month you were going to try out a vegetarian lifestyle, and you saw what it you know you saw the effects that it had and how it. you know, how your value shifted for that. And you were able to draw your own conclusions instead of just saying, oh, well, I read in a book, um, sure. you know, that this, is what it's, that this is what it's supposed to, you know, that, that this is the reason everyone should be a vegetarian. So you just, you know, you didn't go into it blindly. You said, all right, well, this is, this is the amazing part about life is you get to try this stuff and, and figure out what, what does fall into my value system.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Curiosity is critical.
1: Yeah, and that's uh that's how you become a good thinker is is when you analyze these things. Um it takes it think it takes practice, I would say, and not enough people do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: Cool man. Well, um this has been this has been a lot of fun. Um do you have any any parting words of advice for our audience here? Um anything you got for for anything that anybody could just go out and do right after they stop listening to this?
2: Yeah. Um, it's a it's advice I like to give a lot, which is um, if you work on yourself first, uh, the rest will usually take care of itself. Um, and so, you know, we've been talking about these big, hairy, audacious goals and these kind of External things, right? Um, but it all starts with working on yourself and becoming a better version of yourself. And when you're constantly striving to improve yourself, whether that's the way you think or the way you act or the things you pursue, the people you per- surround yourself with, uh, the uh, ideals that you align yourself with, whatever it may be, when you're constantly pursuing the betterment of those things, um, the rest of life seems to take care of itself
1: I like it man and that, uh, that motivation I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit you I'm actually before Trivia tonight at 7 I, my buddy is coming in but I'm going to get my, my high intensity workout in because that's important to me and then
2: I could reward myself by maybe having a couple beers at Trivia Absolutely. All things in moderation. Another uh, overly used and trite phrase that is true, that is overused because it's true. Yeah, all all things in
1: moderation, even moderation, I've heard. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, so uh, cool, man. Hey, anywhere um, people can find you. Your, Your title of your book is Guy at the Bar. Uh, By Adam Griffin. We have our fitness trip, our Body Fit Under 30 Experiences trip, November 5 through 9. That's bodyfit.under30experiences.com. B O D E E F I T. Where can people uh, read some of the stuff that you've written um, other than on Under 30 CO, where we'll link up uh, a few of your
2: things? Yeah. um, So I uh, mainly, well, I I mainly contribute to Um, other publications, but uh, my own personal site is adamgriff.in, so that is an Indian domain name, but it's A-D-A-M-G-R-I-F-F dot I-N, and um, there I would encourage you to sign up for my uh, Better Than Yesterday uh, email list if uh, if that's something you're interested in. I send out um, kind of a, a positive message every Monday morning on something to, to kind of ponder and think about for the week. Um, otherwise, I'm most active on Twitter. My handle is at ideasdontwork um, and bodyfit.com as well. So would love to connect.
1: Cool, man. Sounds like a plan. And uh, here is to making tomorrow or today better than yesterday.
2: Awesome, Matt. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. All
1: right, pal. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right.